Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Hey, welcome everyone. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. We are we are jamming today with an excellent topic, which I think is really important. Um, so first of all, I'm Hollis Taylor, and I am a psychic, a tarot reader. I'm non-binary, so that means that I don't identify as a woman or a man. I actually identify as both. Uh, so I'm both, and I prefer they, them pronouns. And I am a professional psychic and astrologer, and I also am an author of the book, Divine Androgyny, The Sacred Path for Gender Variant People. And if you're looking for a book that's real open-minded and help you sort of sort out the trauma of being non-binary, that's it for you. It also helps you recognize what spiritual paths are for you. And that's kind of what this show is about too, right? And yep. that's why I have my buddy here, LaCrosse. Tell us who Hi. you are, LaCrosse. Hi, I'm LaCrosse. I am a Jewish indigenous atheist. Um, I basically follow the path of an atheist in the sense that I don't believe you have to believe in a supreme being to be spiritual. Um, oh Lord, I'm like out of winded today. <laughs> It's a little warm in here. Um, but yes, that's my journey. And I went from being completely, I guess you would say, religious to atheist. And that's the direction I come from. So. Well, I myself have explored a lot to lacrosse. And mm-hmm. in fact, you know, I've explored a lot of witchcraft and uh, Wicca and, of course, Christianity. I was raised right. there. And I have even um, explored some of the Afro-Caribbean um, religions, like Santeria. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And, you know, I know that it, it has certainly shifted over the years. And when I explored it, it was years ago. Um, and I just decided it wasn't for me. And, you know, and that's okay. And I, I think it's really important for young seekers, when you're wondering, what is my spiritual path? Like that question is hyper important. Aren't you glad you asked that question, LaCrosse? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it wasn't for all the paths that I had gone down, I wouldn't be, and and, and your path doesn't end. Your journey doesn't end. So this is just another transition in my journey. So, but, but it's nice to know that I've had that background in all these things to bring me to where I'm at so far. That's right. 
Yeah, because I think it's hyper important mm -hmm. uh, to just explore what what different spiritual paths have for you, you know. Right. And as a medium, I was very drawn to the Santorian path. Um, but then um, after some time, I was like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. You know, I'm a white person and I don't really feel like this is for me, you guys. Right. And and that was cool, though, you know, it was right. no big deal. Right. Right. And I think that that's what's important, that all of us, no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, if you have the opportunity to explore something, I invite you to do so and decide for yourself if it's good for you or not. And so um, one of the reasons I was happy to bring on uh, your guest today, Dave, Davey, uh, and you can tell us more about Davey, is because of that topic. Because I feel like there was a lot of belief systems about Santeria that weren't even true oh, yeah. uh, when I would say to people that I had done it before and they were like, they had weird belief systems. Anyway, right. so I think it's really important to talk about it and bring it to the light. So, right. Cross, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about, the guest, about our guest today? Um, David Gonzalez is a, um, he's a Santero, but there is also, it's like Afro-Caribbean, um, influences and religious, but the main thing about this is to educate people and for us to, for him to be able to break down all the myths and misconceptions that come with what people believe about this, this spiritual practice. So, I mean, I think mostly I, I, we need to hear it from him because he's like, I don't really know enough about it to really give him such an honest and, and, and good introduction. So I think we should just bring him on and let him. All right. Well, let's bring Davey out. Let's bring hey, Davey out. How are Welcome, you? <laughs> blessings, blessings. Hello, do not be we today. Good, good, good. We're good. And today the main thing is, is we got to break this stereotype and, of what people believe this really and, and teach them proper language about it. Like, like I know a lot of people say Santeria, Santeria, but it's, it's not just that there's more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you hear the they, word Santeria. Oh my yeah. God. Santeria. <laughs> they do the same and, thing with witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. They get scared and they're like, Oh, let me not upset that person. They're going to give me the PPP, you know, or something. Or no, or no, uh, it could be the other way around. Let me upset this person. Yes. Know? True. It, true. Yeah. True. Uh, there could be a lot of disrespect when it comes to, uh, the word Santeria. So, right. as uh, like I said before, I want to Excuse me. I, I was about to say, why don't you start by telling us who you are? Great. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you. Yeah. So, as you already introduced me, my name is Davey uh, Gonzalez. They, some people call me El Nino. Uh, that's due to some my godparents that gave me that name for certain reasons. <laughs> and um, basically, I'm uh, born and raised in the Bronx. Uh, mm -hmm. New York City, and uh, I come from, of course, Puerto Rican descent. My parents are Puerto Rican. They were born there. And um, Santeria, I came to come upon Santeria in New York City. Mm -hmm. that's, where, uh, that's where I stumbled upon it. Or rather, they say uh, that's where I was called to it, you mm -hmm. could also say. And um, let me tell you something. In the beginning, I didn't understand it. Uh, I didn't even know what I was doing. 
I know I was there for a certain reason. I was there because I I wanted protection. I wanted to uh, I wanted justice. I wanted revenge. Right. I kind of wanted all the negative things that that you would want, you know, when you're a, a darkened soul or someone that's uh, being misled, uh, maybe even abused, you know. So you want the wrong things out of these kind of spiritualities. And uh, just moving forward, like I said, I came in looking for that, and I got taught by some really good experienced priests that uh, showed me that um, it's not the way. Revenge, uh, eye for an eye, that's just not the way. And they taught me the correct way. Uh, I heard you saying earlier uh, that, you know, it wasn't for you. And um, it was something that, you know, you just didn't want to deal with at that time after you've, you know, seen it. But I would like to hear more about what was exactly that you didn't like about it. <laughs> and, you know, because maybe those same things, those reasons were reasons that I had. And then later on, clarified. So that's why I appreciate this show, because today we're here to clarify. Right. Yeah. 100%. Because there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of stereotype and things that come out of it. I mean, my mother explored it a little bit, and it was all about spells and casting and things like that. And I'm like, this doesn't sound like something... You know, I'd be burning a candle and blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, it just doesn't look right to me. Like, I don't know what she's doing. You know, right. I myself was never drawn only because I didn't know anything about it. So I couldn't say in my in my perspective that I liked it or I didn't like it. Or I, I, I know I really am ignorant to to most of it. But I know like now with learning Taino, how that has influenced and then understanding the Caribbean, you know, the, the, the Christian influence and the African influence and all these beautiful influences that have compiled into what this is today. So, yeah. Yeah. My first introduction, um, to Afro-Caribbean traditions were, was, um, in a, uh, I would call it a coexist church, a church that, um, celebrated all earth religions, including Afro-Caribbean. In fact, many of the people that ran the church and um, managed the church were Afro-Caribbean. Um, not all were Santeria, some some were Palo, um, and some were um, other paths, um, voodoo. Um, and I um, explored all, all of them. Um, so I had the opportunity um, so when when so first I think we should start with what is it? So right. what is Santeria? You know, when you hear that, what are they talking about? And I think right. that was my first question. My first question was like, what is Santeria? What is Afro Caribbean? What is that? And somebody said to me, um, she said, uh, and she's a priest, just I uh, forget her official name, it means she's lived in whites for a whole year. Um I forget what that's called, but this is many years it's ago. Yawo. It's when you're <laughs> yeah. going through the Yawo, uh stage of your initiation. Yes. Yeah, so she, yeah. you know, she she went to the Caribbean and went through some initiations, and then came back and had to live in whites for a whole year. And she told me that 
it was that the slaves came over and it was mixed um, and the they enslaved. were forced. Yeah, mm -hmm. the enslaved, the enslaved were forced to hide their religion, uh, their true African religion. And so because the Christians were there and the Christians were their masters, and so they forced them to be Christian, essentially, like they've done in many other places in the world. And yes. um, and as a result, this kind of came out of it as a way of sort of having a face of Christianity, but actually underneath, it was actually a little bit more African. And so to me, I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. So that's what drew me in. So do you want to tell us exactly Tell us exactly what, what is Afro-Caribbean traditions. Well, actually to not repeat everything that you have said, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty spot on. That was pretty good about uh, introducing how the uh, faith got to this side of the world, you know, meaning this side of the world, we're in the West and it came from the East where they say uh, mostly Nigeria, the Yoruba, Yoruba. And the reason why it's called Santeria, Santeria is a Spanish word. So it just means someone who attends to the saints, you know? So the Orishas, who are our saints, uh, they refer to them as saints, like I said. And so we are now Santeros, you know? Mm -hmm. We're Santeros and this is Santeria. But it's, a, it's really just Yoruba culture. Uh, mm -hmm. Yoruba culture with the influence of not only Christian, but Catholicism, if you want to kind of separate the two, you know. Uh, so that's something that many of us, many priests in this day and age are trying to uh, kind of filter out. Um, we don't need to hide the Orishas anymore with any Catholic saints or anything like that. And I do understand that it's tradition from our ancestors who formulated, who created what we have as uh, the regla of Ocha. Because that's it, Santeria, but then we have called what's called the regla of Ocha. Because as you said earlier in the show, there were many different traditions. So I have I belong to the Afro-Cuban regla of Ocha. So that's what, of course, came out of Cuba and then spread all around the world. Because when I say it's all around the world, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's all around the world, you know. But um, it's it, like I said, not to repeat what you said, that's where it came from. It, it, that's how it got here. Those, those, are the, those are the people that brought it, the enslaved. And now it's all around. You know? Tell us more about what you're doing today to to sort of unmask it. That's what I would call that, unmasking, that's, right? That's a good question. That's a good question because I run into a lot of uh, uh, priests that ask me that, and some of them are okay with it, and then others aren't because they're like, you're changing things. And I'm just like, no, I'm not changing. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, make sense of something that, you know, it just it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Like, for instance, holy water. Why do I want to use holy water? I, I've seen, I've seen, I've been to ceremonies where there was no holy water. And it's like, 
we, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything until the holy water is here. But why? Why? This is this is African. This is, oh, this is what the answer. Yes, but they have their meaning, their significance. But let's let's be let's be truthful here. Who really used holy water in the beginning? Like, yeah. you know, who really did it? And how did it catch on? And, you know, why is it that we're using holy water? Why do we need a priest from another religion to bless something that we're going to use in another religion? It, it just, it didn't make sense to me. So we don't use holy water. We don't use that. Not in, how would you say, in my lane? Ile means house. Because right. we come from a community, you're initiated amongst that community, and then you kind of break off into your own house, but you don't really want to go against the traditions of the community, because that's what makes you a community. And, and you need a community in order to have what's called a, a status. This yeah. is how I know that you're a priest. And that I know that, you know, you know what you're talking about because you're a part of a community that knows you, you know. So there's a, there's the saints. There's times that I'm somewhere and they say, hey, you need to uh, maybe make an offering to Santa Barbara. And then I go, oh, well, I don't have her. I don't have her image in my house. And they go, come on, but you got Shango. You put it to Shango, and I'm like, why would I want to put something in Shango that belongs to Santa Barbara? <laughs> and it's wow. because they have mixed it for so long that that's what they believe. Now, that doesn't mean that when it comes down to the initiation process, they're not doing things correctly. Oh, yeah, they are. They're doing it all correct. It's, but it's just they have those small beliefs on the side of that that little mixture and uh i just don't i i don't use anything like that i don't it's it's almost it's almost like dealing with a colonized mentality when yes. you think of it is you know colonized. here they came yes. yeah they came over and now because it the same thing happened like with jewish descent when they ended up migrating and in the 14 during the inquisition they all hid under the catholic church Mm. but yet kept many traditions like observing the Sabbath, um, lighting candles on Friday night and all these different observances that they maintained, but they were still Jewish. And at some point had to return. And that's what I, would you say that what yous are doing now is like returning back more to its original roots? I would definitely say that, but I cannot say completely to its original root because right. uh, that would be known as Icheche. I believe if I pronounce it correctly, and it's exactly what's being practiced in Africa to date. That I, if I if I said it correctly, so I could, as far as the language, and as far as the significance of many of the elements and the tools. Um, yes, I do want to seek more from Africa for my brothers and sisters in Africa for that information. Um, but as far as our initiation process, that's something that cannot be changed because that's what makes us lukumi. That's what makes it regla de ocha. Okay. So that we can't change that, you know? But there are certain things like, like some, a lot of people, they take you to a church after you're initiated. 
None, none of my initiates go to a church, to a mm. Catholic church, to do anything. They haven't lost anything there. <laughs> There's nothing there that I could, that I can. They say the significance is that you're going to see God, and you're going to, you know, render homage, you know, to God. And I'm like, but what, what God is this? Because it's not to me. It's not the same God. Mm. It's just not the same God. So, sorry, my initiates do not go to the church. And that doesn't spoil the ceremony at all. That I'm taking away certain things that I don't believe belong there. And that were implemented because of circumstances. Okay. And wouldn't it be hard? I, I think, like, trying to go back, it would be hard to remove the trauma that the enslaved period. Mm -hmm. yeah. I yeah. have a lot of pushback. I bet you <laughs> remember, do. <laughs> remember, we operate under elders. We're in a community. So I have my elder, and when she sees those things, she goes, no church? Why not? <laughs> and I'm like, Madrina, <laughs> why? No, no, the church. We have to go to the church. <laughs> and I go, oh, Madrina, it's just... With all due respect, I'm not disrespecting you. It's just, it's just not gonna happen, you know, right. you know. But she understands that everything else that's most important, as far as the initiation, what we do to you, is it, it's all there, you know, mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to be, you know. It's it, it's it. Let me tell you something. Like you said, you didn't understand it or what's going on. Once I found out that this practice of the Yoruba, if you, if you focus on Odu, Odu are the signs that, that come from heaven and under each sign, the world is created. The Orishas were created. They are the, it's like saying the holy signs of God, of Olodu Mare. And everything is created through those Odus. So once you focus on that, because those old dudes come with proverbs, you focus on those proverbs, you, pro you focus on the advice and the positive aspect of everything, you'll, you'll notice how, how beautiful the Yoruba culture is in all lands and, and everything that sprouted from there, whether it's regla de ocha, whether it's what, what they're practicing in Brazil, it, let me tell you, it's just all so beautiful. And after 20 years, I, I, if I died and was to be reborn, I would initiate again. <laughs> again and again and again. Wow. Because I love old chat. It sounds like it's a real calling for you. In fact, we have somebody in the audience that is also, uh, Reina, you're welcome to ask more questions. Um, they're saying, Reina is saying, I have so many questions. Long story short is I've had several readings over the years from Baba, ba, and I may not pronounce it correctly, Babolo, Babolos, priests Babalo. and priests. Babolos. Okay. Babolos. Okay. Yeah, Even the Ara Araba, Araba, Araba. Legos. Okay. Araba. That's a high position there in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. All come up the same that I have a soul calling to this. I was also told, 
taught that the Pataki of Obatala and told that being that I have albinism, I also have Obatala's protection, which I believe that's a god, right? Obatala. I'm not sure what all this means for my life yet. I'd love to find um, an Ile in New Jersey area if that that's welcoming. Hmm. So that's Reina. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, addressing that. Um, that's kind of what you were it, saying is like signs from the divine, right? Signs yes. from the God. When it comes that... to, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to consult in, uh, in our tradition, it's a little different from, how do you say, being a psychic. <laughs> At the same time, we have to implement our psychic abilities in a consult. So they say those who were naturally born psychics, they do very well doing consults in our tradition because it is something on the side that you that you should have somewhat of. But when you're doing a consult, there are signs, odus. So they cast an odu for her and this is the information that that she received as far as the consult. Maybe there was more, but she's addressing this. She's asking questions about this in particular. Uh, Obatala, which is king of the white cloth, uh, as many uh, translate that, uh, that word, that name, um, is the father of all the Orisha. Okay, not only the father of the Orisha, but he who created mankind. He molded us. Okay, kind of like uh, the creation story, maybe in other religions, especially in Christianity, yeah. when you get molded in play. Okay, so <laughs> as you can see, we, we all come from somewhere. <laughs> we all right. come from somewhere. Right. And um, yeah, so about the lie. The father of all the Orishas, the creator of mankind, is giving her this message. I believe she's trying to say that she may have all uh, albinism. Is that what she was saying? Yeah, I didn't know if it was albinism or albinoism. Yeah, albinism. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It makes me white. Okay, no matter my lineage. Okay. Albinism makes me white no matter what my lineage is. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Completely understand. Well, they say Obatala is the, the deity of that kind of uh, situation now, <laughs> you know, and any other kind of, uh, I don't want to say disability because I don't believe that's a disability, but, you know, anything else that's considered a disability, missing hand, you know, missing leg, one eye, Obatala for drinking palm wine, created these humans like this. And because of that, he swore to never drink again. Mm. So that's something that's very important that I'd like to people understand when they have a misconception about our religion and they say it's uh, devil worship or, you know, it's it's just negative or whatnot. We, we have many, many positive taboos, you know, that, that we have to adhere to also because they make you better as a person. Okay, mm-hmm. and not drinking is one of them, even though many of us drink, I drink, but it's always something that is like, hey, you can't drink. Remember, mm-hmm. you can't drink. And there's never a 
at least not from our teachings, a, I'm going to punish you if you drink. No, it's more like, hey, you shouldn't drink. Don't drink. I'm telling you not to drink because this could happen to you. You may cause this, and it's really all on you. See, it's a little different from other, you know, religions right. and interpretations mm -hmm. on how the religions say it. But in Elan, New Jersey, there are many, many good priests all around the United States. I think later on, maybe uh, we can, I don't know if she wants to send me a message or send uh, Hollis a message. Uh, we can talk about that later. I can recommend you to somebody in New Jersey or a few people in New Jersey, but we've got a lot of good people. I have godchildren that I've initiated that live in New Jersey. So, mm. you know, there, there's a lot of good people. So yeah. we can talk about that later. Awesome. Yeah, Raina, please reach out to me. I'm pretty sure you're on my friend list. And so, um, you know, we're I'm happy to help you connect with Davey here. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, my experience, um, was sort of like what you were saying is that, uh, I was invited because I was a medium, um, and the church I was in was holding a special thing at Halloween, uh, also known as Samhain for witch, witches, um, a seance, uh, I can't remember the name of the Santorian name for a seance. And of course, they wanted me to be involved because I already had natural abilities. Um, and I, I did. I did work on developing them within that house. Um, uh, and it, I didn't, uh, I, I thought that the best thing about the tradition was actually the honoring of their, of their ancestors. The, yeah, the way Angle. the way they teach that. So I'd love for you to talk more about that. Like, I just thought that was the best thing. I was like, oh, finally, somebody got it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what what we call Egung in Santeria, um, actually, and I'm not talking about the Yoruba now. See, now we're going to talk about Santeria as the Regla Volcha in Cuba. Um, it actually splits up into two, two different worlds. There's, uh, two different worlds. You have in Santeria, you have what we call Egum, which they say translates to the dead, uh, more so speaking of the bones. Um, and then you have what's called Mesa Blanca, the white table, where there's a table with a white cloth. And there's a certain number of cups of water with a crucifix. I don't want to say how many numbers because that's a whole big other can of worms to open up. But there's glasses of water on this table. And then in that cult, they pay homage to the spirits. You, it's usually... Using, uh, how would you say, uh, in Spanish. The language is in Spanish, using Spanish songs, and maybe some songs mixed with Lukumi, maybe some mixed with Palo. And then there's Catholicism, what we call Espiritismo, mm -hmm. spiritualism. It's like a mixture, but it, it's of, of the ATR. 
Because nowadays I've seen other things on these on these tables. I've seen, you know, Buddhas and I've seen Ganesh and I've seen and that just doesn't that doesn't go there. Not 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 in our tradition. It doesn't go there. But more of African mixed with Catholicism is what you'll see there with and get this. With the exception of we have, uh, we also represent our gypsies and um, what they call Native Americans, which I don't like to say that. I don't like to say Native Americans. Okay. Yeah, and I think but, gypsies is kind of like a term, like the N word. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, gypsies isn't a nice word either. But yeah. just and letting they, you know, and that's that's <laughs> the word that they use. I'm terribly sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> And that's that's the word they use. Uh, I'm is sure. Hitana, is Hitana a good Hitana. word? Hitana. Hitana is, it's, well, Hitana is basically what that is, but it's, uh, that's what they would identify more as, like a Hitana, Hitano. They were people who went from town to town to town, bringing their medicine and all that, which sadly, that's what we get the other term from. Yeah. You know, but that's what a Hitana mean, would be. Right. Yeah, that's, it, it, especially if they were, you know, from, from Spain. Right. That Because that's the influence that, that we have. So you have that cult. And there, there's a lot of Our Fathers and Hail Marys mixed with the songs, you know. And it's, it's, it's to call forth the spirits. They do a lot of cleansings. They they have a lot of they pay a lot of homage to your guardian angels, your spirit protectors, and then they do investigations to find out who they are. Mm. You know what's protecting you, and I really really love that that cult. It, it, Spiritismo has helped me and many many people uh, all around to develop spiritually and also physically. You know with what's going on in life, as every religion should be doing also. You know, giving you that positive uh, reinforcement. So then the other cult would be Egu. That's what we use when we're actually doing any ceremony that has to do with the Orisha. We start with that. And uh, what, what we have in that, the shrine is typically just a stick. And uh, sometimes they'll have a rock. Sometimes. Some, some places you won't see the rock, okay? And uh, basically they tap the stick and we have our chants, our songs and our prayers that we make to Egu, which are a mixture of making English, Spanish, and definitely what they call Lukumi, which is Yoruba language, African. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixture of that. And uh, basically you make your offerings there at that shrine where you see that stick at. And, and and it's bigger than that in that shrine because even going into Egun, we can get into the death rites of, of a priest. You know, that's, uh, let me tell you something. I've been to, I've been to when a priest is born and I've been to when a priest, you know, dies, those both ceremonies and even though the one is heavy, the one when they die is pretty heavy. It's it's you get a lot of sentiment from it. I really like going to those. 
because you learn and you see a lot of things and you, you start mm -hmm. appreciating what you have and you appreciate life when you go to the ceremonies of death. Yeah. I, I agree. And I've definitely witnessed all of those that you just listed, all three, um, uh, the latter thing. Um, but the priest, the priestess that I was with, the same woman, uh, she had the coconut uh, divination uh, thing where she broke the coconuts and if they landed up to the white side of the coconut, it was yes. And if it was, it was three of them. So it was like two out of three type of thing. And that's the their divin. Mm -hmm, that was the divination. And the belief was that we were asking our ancestors these questions that we were asking the divination or what I would call a form of divination. Yes. Um, I, th I thought it was, uh, and the glasses with the flowers and all that and the white tablecloth and all that. And, you know, I had whites on and all of that. Um, I found that ceremony to be, uh, um, it was very uh, empowering to me. It, they very much said, you are a medium and they very much validated me as a medium and gave me confidence um, and very much validated what the messages that I brought through from the other side um, and very much celebrated it. It's, it, it also mm -hmm. in the other where we would get possessed, uh, where we would allow the spirit to uh, enter our bodies and then we would communicate the, the energies of that um those experiences with this house um were very powerful they totally uh empowered me um and totally loved and celebrated me and and they they never i never felt judged or weird or anything which can feel that way when you're talking to people on the other side and you're claiming to be a medium you can totally feel like a weirdo, you know, it's, it's easy to feel like a weirdo, but, um, but I didn't, I felt very, I feel like that couple of years in that, with that house, um, empowered me. It empowered me to, to express myself in that way. I do want to address Kevin's question. Kevin's asking, I think Kevin, you're asking about gypsy and what it is, is that Gypsy comes, I believe, from Romania. And over there, it's like calling someone, they would use the word gypsy, like using the N-word here for Black people. Okay, so like, I don't even want to say the word. I think it's so terrible. Um, <laughs> but gypsy is used in a similar fashion to Romanians, like as a downgrade, as a you're lesser than because you don't have a house and you travel around, um, you're a gypsy, okay? And so that's why they're using that word. That's where it comes from, that's its origin. Um, and I didn't know this either until, maybe I'll have her on the show sometime. I met her, she is from Romania and she lives in Nevada now, but she will be happy to educate you all about that. So maybe that'll be a future show, okay? Yeah. But back to a back to Davian and uh, Afro Caribbean. <laughs> so, what do you? A real quick question: What is the biggest misconception or myth that, like, that when people first meet you and they react to? 
like when you tell them that this is what I do, this is my spiritual practice, like what are, what are some of the like first things, you know, I know we talked a little bit about it, but I mean, I know people have probably went <laughs> terrified, maybe even running because it's just such a. Let me tell you something. If it wasn't for Egum and Orisha to come through with their promises, right? This this be this is can I say the word shitty? This would be a yes. shitty world. <laughs> this would be a really shitty world for me, very shitty. But because Egum and Orisha, they always complete and grant. All the promises and the petitions that you've made, they, they listen to them. They hear them. Um, I feel blessed. I feel blessed. When I uh, encounter anyone, I speak to them, the majority, I want to say, I never identify myself as a priest like, hey, my name is Davey. I'm a priest. Right. Yeah, it never, it never really happens that way. There's a few other ways uh, how it happens. Uh, for instance, sorry, sorry, my beads. Mm. What is that? The moment they ask, "What is that?" I have a decision to make, and I make that decision based on my spiritual intuition and the physical information that I can see, or what I know, in front of me. Whatever is visible I, that I see and what I know of this person, that's how I make my decision. I either say, oh, this is from uh, Santeria. This is from Yoruba culture, Regla Bocha. Or I can say, my grandmother made this. <laughs> Just to stay away from, from the conversation. But... When they do know, when I do say it, or they know about it through conversation, I'm really having a problem. I wish I could, you know, get this problem to go away and I start talking about it. Oh my God, you, you're, that's really good advice. And da, 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 da. and then, you know, it just comes into the conversation that I'm a spiritualist. And then more so after I'm a spiritualist that I'm a santero, that's when I get a lot of this. <laughs> and I'm like, why are they moving back? So, yeah, does my breath stink? <laughs> like, what's going on? And it, sometimes you won't get that call back. That, that person that used to say hi to you every day doesn't say hi to you anymore. Uh, my favorite one is when things are happening to people around you that aren't so good and they go, I think it's him. I think it's him. You think it's me? Why, what do I care about what's going on? I got my own life to live, but uh, it's not always so good. So lacrosse, let me tell you something. I really take my hat off and want to give a lot of blessings to those priests who are not in hiding, who are proud, and not only priests of my religion, but any spiritualist. 
of any denomination, you know, uh, that is proud of it, you know, blessings to you. Blessings to you and, you know, may the higher power, if you believe in that, give you everything that you need, all the happiness that you need, because it really is hard to, to be a spiritualist, to be a priest nowadays, especially in, in the country that you live in, especially this country, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. So yeah, blessings to them, but yeah, they're, I'm not always received well. Mm. The majority of the time I'm not received well. You know, they, they, they talk about it at work. Yeah, they, they talk about it. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, they, they, it, it, it's actually affected my jobs. <clears throat> Believe it or not, I've been promoted and demoted. Wow. Rapidly. Wow. Quickly. Me too. And, and I think and that's like, what it is, is they're so scared of like the voodoo or the African. Well, no, I don't want to say voodoo. They're, they're scared of the African. If you were to just say you did the whole Catholicism side, then they'd be okay. But once they hear that African influence, it it puts fear in people. It's intimidating yeah. to people, only because they don't they don't want to learn, they don't want to understand, they don't want to comprehend. They want to sit there and have their idea of oh, this is bad. Well, malo malo, uh, uh, you know, it's not uh, investing. Yeah, exactly. Research, and, and, right? And, and it's so sad. It's so sad to see that because it is. Um, I just went to New Orleans and found out that the, I think they're been. Benagambi, Benagambi tribe ended up in New Orleans and I had done my DNA and turns out I have Nigerian and Benagambi and Guinean. So when I went there and ended up becoming a pilgrimage and I just like dove into just the information. Now I don't believe it's not, I don't believe I don't practice because mm. of the whole atheist thing, but I can appreciate it and respect it and see the beauty of it. You know, and, and seeing them, you know, down there, I think they call it hoodoo. And it's it's just such a beautiful, it ended up becoming a pilgrimage. And people, if they were to just be more embracing and look at the beauty instead of thinking, oh, they're going to curse me or something. You know? I mean, don't you have better, like you said, you got better things to do than be cursing people. Right. You know, I, like, don't, I don't have the money. I don't have the funds <laughs> to buy things to be trying to curse people or anything right. like that. And plus... When you practice correctly, you you don't need to curse people, I right. found out. Ooh, mm. I found out. Mind you, I first came into the religion for that. And right. then I found out that you don't have to curse people in this religion. I'm not, I'm not saying that I have never, you know, right. you know, <laughs> defended myself. Right. Um, but uh, no, it's not really the practice. It's not the thing here in my house. We're a lot more into prayer and cleansing. And uh, things do restore. Yeah, the way they should. Yeah. So does your tradition believe in, so like for me in witchcraft, they have the same assumption that I'm going to curse them. Um, okay. But... Uh, the thing is about that is that, yeah, I could do that, but it would probably come back to me somehow in a way that would suck for me. Well, that's a that's a good question. Do they that's do good. they also? I, I'm asking you. Does 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 Afro-Caribbean do they also believe that? If we're gonna talk about Espiritismo, Mesa Blanca, which I have seen this 
in many houses, Espiritismo Mesa Blanca. There is no cursing. I've seen some, I've seen horrors. I'm like, where did you get those prayers from? They, they just made them up, prayers and try to implement them. And Espiritismo, there is no cursing, especially if you're practicing um, through uh, Alan Kardec. Is uh, a name that you will hear very prominent in Espiritismo as far as what we practice, uh, Mesa Blanca. And if you get into Alan Kardec, you'll see that he was not into anything like that. And it's it's actually prohibited. Okay, we're not even supposed to feel happy for anything bad that happens to our enemies, according to his teachings. Okay, and that's that's true espiritismo. That's true spirituality. Then when you move on into Palo, which I I have been initiated into Palo for over 20 years, and I have initiated many people, um, Palo has its balance. It has its balance. What we have in Palo, we have a saying that it's called, it's, we say, we swear on good and we swear on bad in Palo. And when I first heard that from my Tata, which that's the name of the high priest, the father of the house of Tata, um, he had to explain that to me because I was already influenced so much by Espiritismo that I didn't want to hear anything bad. So what am I swearing on bad for? And when they explained to me what it meant, I'm a person I, I criticize and I like to investigate and research things, okay? It made sense to me. And still now after two years, it still, it still makes sense that we all have to swear on good and swear on bad. Because there's gonna be there's gonna be a time where you're gonna do something that you really don't want to do, but you need to do it. Now that of course that's an abroad statement. We would have to go into that to explain that, but more so you swear on good, you swear on bad. We don't let no one come into our house and put their hands in our cookie jar. Not in Palo. We don't do that. Okay? Now we're not malicious but we don't let nobody come into our home. So that's what they mean by swearing good and swearing bad in one sense of it. It's not swearing on bad, hey, we're gonna go rob somebody now. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about other things. We're not talking about anything like that. You know, oh, someone did bad to you, let's go out and uh, uh, cause premeditated murder. No, we're not talking about anything like that. But there are instances where you will have to make a decision where you're not going to feel that you're the best person. But you know what? No one really got hurt. It wasn't in someone else's interest, best interest, but you needed that for you. So is it, is it almost kind of like a karmic? Yeah. Like, here's another, here's another thing. Here's another example. You got an obsessive partner and this obsessive partner says, if you leave me, I will kill myself. 
and then you make the decision to say, I'm leaving you because I, I cannot do this. I cannot, I can't do this. And you know what you're doing is a bad thing because potentially this person is going to kill himself. And guess what? This person now commits suicide. It, it's a bad thing that you did, but you had to. What about you? Right. What about what you're going through? You know, that's, it applies to certain things like that. There's so many different ways you can apply it, but it doesn't apply to something where you're deliberately hurting someone in such a cruel and malicious way. Does that make sense? Yeah, more like a self-preservation. Right. You know, making sure that your priority and your your needs are, are priority. Right, right, right. And OSHA, which is the Yoruba Regla of OSHA, there is no, there, you're going to find a lot of priests that are going to say, hey, to hurt this person, this is what you have to do in front of the Orishas. It's all about language. Okay. No, there, there's no, we're not trying to hurt anyone here. We might, there might be an issue. There might be a situation that needs to be handled. And we do something called Ebo. Ebo just translates offering. We make an offering to this Arisha in hopes that the, with the faith that this Arisha is going to listen to our petition and take care of whatever situation. But it's up to them and God. To choose how this situation is going to play out. And that's why we're making that, that offering, that Ebo. Not making Ebo, you're making an offering, you're telling Yerisha, what I want to see is this person die. I want right. them suffering. I want them, that is not Ocha. That's not Ocha. That's not, that's not in our practice. And many priests practice like that. Because of the misconceptions, they have been around people that maybe weren't that much good of heart and did a little mixture of things. Hmm. But we don't want to pray for that. Some priests will tell you, you can pray for that because these deities in their stories chopped heads off. They speared people. They did this. They did that. Yes, yes. Those are the stories. But go and chop somebody's head off right now. <laughs> and and tell the judge that it's in your religious story. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that, like, sort of that belief that people put on uh, Afro-Caribbean traditions and even witchcraft um, comes from Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Like, they make some crazy stories up in in movies and Are shit. Are we allowed to talk At, about Hollywood here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can talk about oh, yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that, but for that's me, that's a deity all on its own. <laughs> I, I agree. I and I, I mean, I, the balance. Uh, I I get the balance. I'm more of a karmic Buddhist person, but I get I get what they're. You know, I know that they that most Afro Caribbean people are not going around cursing people generally. Um, they may, if there was some sort of personal interaction with that person that didn't go well, they may try to send some energy off to you. 
but if you are right with your own divines, uh, whatever that is for you, it won't hurt you. That's how I feel. I feel that even if they perceived me as the enemy, because I broke up with a voodoo high priestess and I'm sure I know for a fact that she sent very not nice things my way. But, okay, but I knew, and I knew she did. I knew she did because she had the blood on her hands, okay? And so, and that's okay for her to do that. She needed to do that with her divine, it, it was with a her release. spirituality. She released she needed, that. That's right. She needed to release that. And it's not going to hurt me because I'm okay. I'm following my divine path. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. She yeah. was mad at me because I decided to travel the country and help elderly people. So, you know, it I happens. knew I was doing the right thing. Right, exactly. It happened. It happened. Yeah. You could, so, you know. Alice, let me tell you something. You could definitely hurt yourself trying to hurt someone else. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 that's, that's 100%. And like you said, if you're protected or divine, you're going to be okay, but let's put let's talk about those who are not spiritually inclined and have less of a protection from divinities and spirituality if you believe in those sort of things. A lot of those times you can do bad witchcraft to them, and based on the situation, the issue, and the, 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 the spirit is like, what are you sending me to do to who and why? And upon their own, these divinities, upon their own investigations, they might, they might not hurt that person. They just come back and hurt you, you know, because you're, you're calling them to do what and for what? I mean, when I get into an argument with somebody, to me, it's just an argument. I go home and right. I look yeah, I, I look at more so what I did in the argument before I'm thinking about what the person did. I'm like, what did you do? How did you get yourself into that argument? Because that's what our religion, our faith, our cultures teaches us. It teaches us to do that, to look at ourselves first before you look at anyone else. What are you that's doing right. wrong? You know, and, and it's just like, that's why I told you, I love Osha. I love Osha Santeria. It's really definitely taken me somewhere very positive. Very positive. I love it. We're going to take a little break here. But when we come back, I say we address this. Hollywood and mainstream media screws a lot of things up. So I absolutely agree. When we come back, Sandy, we're going to talk more about that. Hollywood, you failed us, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a little commercial break. Support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul. Get cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, 
transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul, putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show. Divine Androgen, a sacred path for gender-variant people. A book dedicated to every drag performer, transgender person, and other gender-variant people that have passed to the other side, that have suffered the wrath of our binary world. Thank you for living your truth and treading us a path. We are sorry that in many cases that cost you your life. Now, we ask for your assistance in helping humans evolve so that we may all live in peace and equality. We honor your life by walking our own personal path of authenticity. Get this amazing book all about living as a non-binary person, a gender variant person in a binary world, how to navigate it how to harvest your true self when you're surrounded by binary. It's a guidebook for people searching for their true selves. The book is intended for people that are gender variant and can be helpful for people searching for a more authentic self or clearing trauma. This book is about treading your own path. It includes my story in the beginning, all about how I figured out how I express gender, and now how it comes out for me, how I discovered it, and how I dealt in the world as a response to that. And it also details out the ways that I unfolded myself in a way that helped me live in a binary world, even though I was non-binary. There are steps in here to help you define your own path, Hollis uses the word divine androgen. It's like a label to define someone that defines their own authentic path, regardless of their gender expression, in a way to say that it is sacred to be non-binary, to be transgender, to be queer. It is sacred. Not religious. No, no. We're talking about more of a spiritual, conscious awareness of ourselves and our path on authenticity. This book is about defining your path of authenticity, as authentic and unique as that is for you. You can also order the book at divineandrogen.com. Oh, we're back. We forgot to mention about the dream in the beginning again. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. We sure did. I did put it up in the chat. So if anyone Yeah, has- when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, we forgot to mention it. Well, hopefully maybe somebody might uh, come up with a dream. So if you have a dream, please put it up in the comments and uh, we'll have lacrosse address it. So I thought we would just go back to talking about Hollywood and stuff. And if someone comes up, oh, look, Sandy has a dream. Here we go. This is lacrosse's thing, right? My, I'll read it for you. I try. I don't know if it's my thing, but I try. I think you're good at this, lacrosse. (laughs) 
my dream. I was in a bar with quite a few different people, and I ordered a round of Modelo beer for everyone. When it came, I put mine down on the table, and it froze. Wow. When I started to drink it, the ice turned to glass, and I swallowed it, and I woke up. Oh, oh wow. That's wow. an intense dream. <laughs> Um, uh, Is there a way to elaborate? Like, did you know the people that you were around? Were the or were these just random people? Just you know, like um, I don't know. I like to call them like NPCs, uh, like these just random people in there that you don't really know. That's the first question. Um, Put it to your mouth and it froze. That speaks like that tells me you're freezing and you're not speaking what's in your mind and what's in your heart that tells me that it's freezing and then you swallow it back and you were you know you want to say something but you're like oh no no and bring it back and i don't know if that's something that you struggle with okay they were all different races and sexes you know that makes that makes total sense um yeah no i think you're really struggling with speech and speaking your mind and fear of maybe hurting someone or offending someone and that's why it freezes and then you swallow it back down. So maybe don't be so afraid to speak your mind. Don't be, you know, as long as it's your truth and don't intentionally try, you know, like there's a difference between addressing something and speaking your truth and offending a person. You know, there's a way to speak to people and just say, hey, I don't agree with this or this is this is just not cool with me. And is there a way we can work through this? You know, um, so I think, yeah, that, that could be that, that you're freezing up and you're not just speaking your mind. The fearful thing is, is that if you do keep internalizing it, it will work itself out. Physically, some way, shape or form, it's going to come out sideways. So it is better to just let it out from the beginning than to keep it in. And then, God forbid, it redirects to someone else who had nothing to do with the situation or, or issue. So that's, that's what I get from that. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> I think that was well done. Well done. I didn't even think that, like, I was trying to figure out why it froze for the longest time and you just figured it out. So great job. Um, the fact that she swallowed glass though, that totally would. Yeah. Me out. Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying. It comes back and then it'll, you know, you follow you, it, you you swallow it, and it'll it'll start doing internal damage. Because if you eat glass, what's going to happen? Right. You're not going to live through that. So we have to speak our truth, my friends. We not only have to speak it, but we have to hear it from others too. Um, and so, you know, I'm totally with you on the third chakra thing. I actually got a hand done tattoo and a ceremony on the back of my neck to help with my third chakra. I totally get it, Sandy. Um, there's lots of ceremonies and stuff you can do to try to open it up. And so uh, let's get back to our our guest here, Davey, and what, what we were about to talk about before the break was all about Hollywood and mainstream media screwing things up for us. They make up stories in a way, and I've totally... It drives me a little crazy, actually, because uh, as a witch and as a medium and as a psychic and a tarot reader myself, I can get frustrated with it. Like, I'm like, come on, that's not 
that's not what it is. That's like all these witch shows. Come on, charm. That's not how it works. <laughs> Wait, but I, I like charm. <laughs> you know, Hollywood, Hollywood definitely has its good and its bad. Just like I want to say everything else. Uh, but you failed us, Hollywood. Mm. You failed us. You know, I've seen throughout the years, even growing up as a kid, uh, I've seen movies and read stories and when they talk about the Santero or anything that, like Lacrosse was saying earlier, deriving from Africa, yeah. it's like, oh, it's the devil. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something evil. It's bad. And it, I, I just really hate it. They always talk about spell casting and, mm. and then it's almost always the, the bad uh, spells too, the curses. Yeah, you know that's what they show now. I, I want to say most of this would be to uh, the ignorance of the writers, you, you know, and those who are producing. It could be ignorance, and sometimes, which I don't want to say because I don't have any proof of it. But I mean, if it if it quacks, it's a duck, you know. Sometimes it's not like you say ignorance, but it could be a direct attack. You know, to a certain culture, certain people, and that's why you know it was produced or written that way. Uh, I would, I would hope better that it's ignorance and not a direct uh, attack. You know, yeah. but I, I've seen some things. Uh, American Horror Story. Oh my! Mm. They did a. Uh, there was an episode where they uh, had uh, Papa Legba. And on the show, Papa Legba uh, belongs to the voodoo community. That, and that is their uh, deity of the crossroads, amongst other things. Uh. And this deity was nothing like they depicted him on American Horror Story. I mean, they went as far as even implementing him and doing drugs. Uh, Eating children as a sacrifice. These are things that, let me tell you, I, I, I have a, a partly initiation of voodoo that comes from there that I've done, that I've been a part of for many years. I've never, I've never heard that. We never practiced that. That's not even a thing. So, <laughs> no. you know, I, I, I wanted to know where that came from. You know, like what inspired you to... to to say something, and did you know that you were possibly hurting, you know, a whole community by yeah. doing that? Did you, did you, did you even think about that? Did anyone think about that? And I just hope that many people speak up. When you see those things, speak up. Don't, don't let them do that because it's, it's not right. There was a, yeah. a beautiful Baron. I don't know if you've heard of Baron Samdi. He is the of you know of rum and debauchery and all that stuff, but don't realize he's he takes you to the next world. And it was so sad because like I ended up seeing him in a video game. Oh, he was. So what is he going to get you drunk and you know do all this debauchery and then kick your ass? Like what what are you doing here? And to me, I just love that the whole epic about Baron because he came at a point in time in my life when I needed to learn about him and really connect to that. And it was so helpful for me because then I ended up, I'm like, 
Yeah, I see where I was in a bad part. I was drinking a lot and I saw that it was like, hmm, this is the direction I'm going. So he came to teach me, or at least just the whole idea of him came to teach me, this is something you need to cut back on. You need to not do this because you're causing all this damage. So um, so he ended up helping me instead of encouraging me into the Roman debauchery, ended up putting the brakes on it. So... I the I I was encouraged when I watched the cartoon Coco. Um the, Coco. Now Coco I thought was really well done. I don't remember it being off at all and I was like, "Wow, nice job." Because that really is the perspective of most Afro-Caribbeans, most witches even have that same perspective. Um, indigenous communities have the same yeah. uh, perspective of the dead. Um, so I thought Coco was well done. And, <clears throat> and I hope we get more movies like that. Yeah. We need more Coco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need uh, definitely, we need more Coco. And uh, Baron Samdi, uh, Baron Lacroix. Yeah. He has so many, he has, he has a few names. Um, the father of the Gede. Of those that uh, those spirits that live in the cemetery, and like you said, bringing you back and forth, you know, from those realms. That's what he does. They right. they they're they're just not like what Hollywood says. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I seen a movie where Baron Sandy was, uh, was uh, invoked, and then he then brought zombies to come after some people and I said oh my and you know <laughs> we're really losing the real concept here of what they stands for right you know I'm not saying that that the Baron wouldn't do that if he had to defend himself if you know what right. I mean <laughs> but let's talk about what, what it really means let's let's get some real information out there I mean right. can we do that for a change yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I, I feel so much is getting lost in that. So, so much beautiful teachings and learning and knowledge is just getting lost with, with all these fake. And that, now people believe this. They'll watch these, these shows or these movies and they'll be like, oh, or they'll think, <clears throat> like I said, he's a really cool character in a video game. And, and then that they don't want to invite you to justice. dinner. Right. <laughs> so... It, it's just sad. It's sad. But. It's much like this hat, which is actually featured in a video game. Um, that's why they made it. But the number 111 is considered a spiritual number. It means you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I wear the hat. Um, but it's not because I play that video game. I don't even remember <laughs> what it is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like they took it and made it it, they used it in the video game and people didn't even know what 111 meant. And I'm like, do you know what it means when you see 111? You know, so it's, you know, it's meant to be a spiritual number to validate that you're on the right path. That's all it is. Hmm. Um, and that's probably how they used it in the game, but you didn't even know that, <laughs> <laughs> that you were on the right path in the game. But, yeah, you know, right. so, um, but uh, I think I think we're getting better in the future. I think uh, Hollywood's waking up a little bit. They're getting tired, um, you know. They're getting tired of uh, of just 
the same old thing. I, I'm I'm tired of the same old thing in Hollywood. I don't even watch movies anymore, to be honest with you. Um, so anyway, I was going to also bring up that one of the things that I witnessed, now all of the people that I know that are in the Afro-Caribbean tradition, every single one of them, yeah, every single one of them, except for the people in the house once I met those people, but all the people that brought me in were gay. They were all lesbians. Yeah, every single one of them is a lesbian. Um, and I know numerous uh, lesbian, uh, and some of them are voodoo. Of course, like I said, I was partnered with a voodoo high priestess. And also as well as um, the house and stuff that I was in was, um, they were, you know, the person I went with her, with my, my ex, but I also went with, I also knew some other people that were lesbians or at least bisexual. So how does, how is the culture evolving with the large non-binary and LGBTQ culture, you know, coming out of the corners? We're not hiding anymore either. I think that we're doing a lot better now. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, even though we're doing better, believe it or not, it's still a struggle and there's still a war and we do still have a long way to go, actually, uh, to tell you the truth. I came into this religion at the age of uh, 13 and immediately I noticed, hold on, there's a homosexual. Because at 13, I wasn't considered a homosexual. I may have had some thoughts. Uh, act on them. Didn't didn't want to act on them. I don't believe those thoughts were that strong. I didn't. Yeah, didn't really didn't really care too much. Yeah, I had some feelings, but didn't care too much about it. You know, and uh, coming into the faith. Say, hold on, this this guy, my first godfather, was in Santeria and in spiritualism, is a homosexual. But didn't tell me that. Something about the way he talked and his long fingernails and, and the fact that and the fact that there was never a woman coming to the store to see him. Yeah, he had a store on Fox Street in the Bronx. Yeah, and yeah, Luis Nader never spoke about that with anybody because religion. You're coming to a store for religion, for help. He doesn't have to identify as such or tell anybody that, you know? Uh, but when I found out, I said, oh my, a, a, a homosexual. So I started asking him, is this okay? you know, in this, in this religion, is this okay? And he told me in spiritism, almost everything is okay when it comes to something like that, you know? Now, when it comes to Santeria and Ocha, remember, we've got a lot of people that were influenced by the Christians. So you're gonna see a lot of made up stories that they want to, you know, push in there. Say, hey, we have these stories 
and they're talking about homosexuals in here, so you might want to take a look at this. You know, no, I don't want to look at the story. I want to know who wrote it. That's what I want to know. I want to look at the story. I want to know who wrote it, where it came from. And then we'll talk about the story. Most of the time, you won't get an answer after you say that, you know. Uh, but according to my godfather, many people, homosexuality, of course, in Santeria, is allowed. At the same time that it's allowed, it's, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. It's being stomached. It's, it's being tolerated. And horrible to feel that you're a part of a thing that's so beautiful where you feel like you're being tolerated. Mm. Yeah, it's happening in Santeria. We'll talk about what people don't want to talk about, uh, Hollis. Mm -hmm. Homosexuals mm -hmm. tolerated. When I first came in, there were Orishas, there are Orishas called Eshu, Ogum, Ochosi, and Osun, which are known as the warriors. There are many places where a, a homosexual cannot give those Orishas to anyone. And when you ask why, they say, because you're a homosexual. All right, but why? Because you're a homosexual. They don't really have something extensive. Or they'll pull out one of those stories that I told you about, those patakis. They shove that in there. And they tell you that, that a, a, a homosexual cannot give those orishas. Uh, I mean, with no real reason. Just simply because you are a homosexual. A homosexual cannot be a babalao. Sexual cannot be a tata, a palero, and be in the faith of, of Paolo. Hmm. No real doctrines, no real, no real teachings about why. They, they, they try to say that, what are we? Came back to the world. I love it. No, I love it. When they say, uh, that we reincarnated incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we reincarnated. Wow. We're not aligned because I'm in a man's body. Should be sleeping with women. I'm supposed to be sleeping with women, but because I sleep with a man, I am not aligned. Wow. Who makes this shit up? It's the Christians. The colonized they're mentality. Men, they're not the only ones. Believe it, the Christians aren't the only ones. So this is definitely coming from different places. Right. Even outside of Christianity. It's coming mm. from different places, but let me tell you something. I I I've never been more aligned in my life. <laughs> right. And I don't think that me liking men, which I'm bisexual, yeah. and and even most recently, I think I'm even identifying as pansexual. That's recently. <laughs> recently, <laughs> I just said to myself, hey, 
I think I'm I'm a little pan here, mm-hmm. you know. But either way, I don't believe that I'm not aligned because I have an attraction for the same sex. I don't I, I don't think that has anything much to do with my spirituality. I don't think so. I'm not saying that spirituality is something that never plays a role in that because sometimes it can. Mm-hmm. It can. But I don't think that's the case with me. I'm just the person that if I like it, I don't want to be held to a certain standard. I don't want to be prohibited, especially when it's something that is not hurting anyone. It's not hurting you. It's not hurting me. It's not hurting society. It's not doing anything. I'm just in the pleasure. Acting out in my pleasure. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, when, if you I'm go back sure, to what you said. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure most of voodoo doesn't care. Voodoo. Until voodoo, you get to. Until you get to a status called boko. Oh, really? Okay. I've always heard that. Now, I, I don't know if there's other people that practice differently, but in Haitian voodoo, from the people that I've known, they've always said, hey, Hungan, Mambo, Jose Pueng, all these different statuses, but Boko, really into that, into homosexuality and that kind of priesthood. That's what I've always heard. Now there's always one that pops out and says, hey, I'm here, <laughs> you know, but, right. and show yourself. We'd like to, we'd like to see you. Just like in Ocha, there's always a Baba Lao that pops out and says, I'm gay. And they try to give you a story about how they were initiated before they were homosexuals. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Let's be serious. Okay. <laughs> And if there's any, like, any, if there's any out there, please contact Rainbow Soul. We'll have you on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and we would like to hear from them. Let's let's hear yeah. your experience, mm-hmm. and and what you have to cope with, and everything that's going on in your life ever since the neighbor, the friendly priest here that was friendly, come out mm-hmm. that you're a homosexual, and now you're in this position uh, of religiously. But yeah, there there's always a few here and there. You know, like, look at me. I was initiated into Paolo before I ever even uh, acted out on my homosexuality. Mm. But it, it wasn't even long after I was initiated that I did. It mm. wasn't long after. And it was always there. And guess what? They knew it. Mm. Oh, they knew it because, you know, we do consults. The first thing we do when you enter is we got to do a consult. And they told me in my consult, young man. There's something about you that you might be fighting with, not coming into terms with. It's going to come out and okay. And these were paleros that supposedly they're not supposed to indulge in homosexuality or applaud it. They're right. not supposed to be in that. But they told me that these paleto priests. My godmother, she said, it's okay, just be who you are. And I told her, hey, I, if you're saying I'm a homo, I'm not. Right. And 
It was the truth. I had never slept with anybody and I wasn't trying to. It was true. I was I, I I had the feelings, but I wasn't trying to do anything about it. So later then, after, that's when I have my experience, and now I have to deal with this. Now I have to deal with the priests saying, "You can't be a priest in Palo." Well, wait, hold on. What does that mean? Does that mean you're stripping me of my rights of my initiation? I didn't know that you can do that. And in fact, they can't. No one can come and strip you of your initiation of, of what you went through when they initiated you. You can't strip me from that. You, you definitely can't take my position or my title from me, you know, because you didn't give it to me. My title was given to me by my elders and in Zambia. Hmm. Wow. Take it from me. But there's a lot of pushback. A lot of people don't like that. You know, and when you just ask them why, and it's not the way, what do you mean? But whose way are we talking about? You know, there's no doctrine. There's no real hardcore. It's all, it's all just like said, based on tradition, such as you have your house and this is what you want for the house. And then later on, there's another house that sprouts from there. And that house doesn't want to observe those same rules because they believe they weren't right. And this is how homosexuals began to initiate those who did it openly, because there's always someone that's being initiated. That's a homo yeah. homosexual, you know, and they're not acting out on it. They're not telling anyone, you know, and it's not coming out in the console, you know, but it happens. It's to me. It's natural and it's normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So do you, so you feel it's actually like better now? Like I'm sure in the I'm sure previously it wasn't as yeah. It's as, it's a little better now. It's a right. little better now. I'm running into a lot of priests uh, that say no. It's okay to give warriors to give mm -hmm. these rights. I'm seeing more and more. Uh, of us being initiated into Paolo. Uh, mm -hmm. Some say that that's great. Some say that that's an abomination, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, in Ocha, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm seeing a lot of good things. It, yeah. I'm, I'm running across more diverse people. I just hope that we do away with these, these taboos once and for all because they, they don't make sense and they don't hold any weight. They don't. It's just a feeling. And then it's most of them that believe in these taboos. That's, that's where I know it's not, it's not good. That's where I know it's all fake to me. And it's all just a personal feeling of yours. There's something inside of you that says, I don't like homosexuals. Something inside of you. So I'm going to push for these rules. I'm going to try to make sense of it. And I'm going to get as many people as I can to side with me because in numbers we're strong and I'm just going to, I'm just going to exclude you. Right. Why? Because of your attraction that you have for the same sex. I'm going to exclude you because you're different. Well, guess what? I'm not so different anymore. There's a lot of us. 
And there's yeah. more of us are coming out. The house yeah. I was in was in Washington, D.C. And I don't know if you know anything about Washington, D.C., but it's very gay. Oh, yeah, I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been, yes. Yeah, and, and so there was plenty. There was the house was... I, I, I almost every person I knew was gay. So <laughs> I, I have godchildren in Washington D.C. and I know I know very few priests, but I have godchildren in Washington D.C. So and I've been there, so I know how it is. Uh, we're, we're diverse in, in Santeria. It's it's just a lot of you'll you'll meet them. You'll 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 meet those if you mingle, mix, and research more. You'll meet those that just don't have their best interest for us. They don't. And it's it's personal. They can't say it's doctrine. They can't say the deities said it. They can't say God said it. They they can't because there is nothing like that that exists uh, with us. So it's just more so a feeling and influences from other places. Yeah. And a lot it's of horrible. them, they're, they're just, they're, they're so... It's it's so ingrounded into their mindset. The good thing is, is that we are living in an age where this whole resurgence of the rainbow community and they're 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 speaking out and they're like, we want to be included. Like I myself, I want to be included. I don't want to be excluded just because I'm transgender. Don't you think this yeah. is a battle enough? Then to have to, you know, Transgender now is a whole different topic when it comes to Osha. Now, mind you, notice how I was using the word homosexual the whole time. Right. So that does include uh, man, woman, lesbian. But when it comes to transgender, even within that topic, we kind of don't see eye to eye. Right. Right. Tell you why. Okay. You let's say you come to my house. You're very interested in in joining the the Osha house, and we have to do the process. Okay, the process is you you well in many houses the process is you don't just join. We have to consult, make sure that you belong here. Make sure that you're accepted into this house. If you're not, that's fine. You can go somewhere else. We're, we're many. We're many. But now you're standing there with your offering, which in our tradition is one plate, two coconuts, and two candles, and a small monetary donation. And you have to give your name. And I have to refer to you as either he or she. Hmm. And you tell me, hey, I was I was born a, a man, but I I'm a woman. I'm a woman, I have surgery, I have I did it all, I changed my name. Of that and even if you don't tell me and I and we suspect it's going to be addressed we're going to mm-hmm. address it because we can't tell the deities that you are or rather many of us do not like to tell the deities that you are 
someone that you were not born. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. Because, it's because but, of the birth. Right. Because you were born. It's very sacred to us. Right. Birth. So you were born a certain way. And then what's more sacred to us is when you're taken into a family, your family, and then you're named. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of that is very sacred to us. Right. Your birth and when you're being named. But now you're at a place where you have evolved to really identify yourself and know your feelings mm-hmm. and you want to make changes so, so for your betterment so that you can be happy so you can be happy with yourself mm-hmm. and hey you know what many of us we welcome those changes hey do it because it's your journey. Right. But at the same time, we cannot ignore what we call the process of life. Mm-hmm. How you came into the world. As so, far as physically. So he, physically. here's playing a little bit devil's advocate. Yes. Okay. If I like this. <laughs> okay. For me, I was born biologically female okay and to align myself because my body was born female but my soul and my spirit is male so what happens when the awareness happens wouldn't that be a sacred also because it's a rebirth to now be born into and now making the changes that now the alignment is right because now the right. physical alignment is matching the internal alignment. So wouldn't that birth be, and like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate, mm-hmm. equally sacred. Right. Well, we definitely want you to find yourself and right. we want you to be who you are. Right. But it's, it all boils down to the time of birth, mm-hmm. the body that you came in. Mm-hmm. It, it just boils down to that. And it boils down to the family recognizing this is what I have here, a female. And mm-hmm. then they give you your name, which uh, nowadays it's not done like a naming ceremony. Now yeah. it's just, you know, they do it from anywhere. You know, you could be at a taco bell and say, I think we'll name her Alicia or whatever, <laughs> you know. But, you know, it's just very, it's sacred. Right. The body that you were born into and your name it's not really about the alignment mm-hmm. of the soul but the body and the name the name that we gave you what you were born as mm-hmm. so because we're accepting that you're doing this mm-hmm. hey we accept it that's one thing right. that i can tell you it's accepted a hundred percent right some of us some some priests um can't won't accept the the whole telling the Arisha, mm. hey, I have Patricia. Patricia, really Patrick. Mm-hmm. And then you made a choice. Um, 
you made that choice. Mm-hmm. You wanted to make that choice to become Patricia to to align yourself, right, with how you feel. You know, it's it's a very broad topic because we have those that did the whole change versus those that didn't. So it's like it just falls down to what you were born as. This is what we present to the Arisha. You know why? Because even more so. Remember Hollis when you were talking about the year in white. See that year in white, how are you going to dress as a man? Female. Females that's dress differently from men in our in our culture. So I have transgender people that have left my house. Mm-hmm. I have told them I accept you, and the Orisha, they definitely, of course, accept this. Mm-hmm. But there's a gray area. Mm-hmm. And that gray area is that during that one that year, you have to dress born as. Hmm. And I got people that tell me, oh, I'm not doing that because I'm not a woman. I'm a man. And I go, mm-hmm. I understand that. But if I ask you, were you born a man? Or were you born this? What would be your answer? And your answer would be, yes, I was born this. So that means you recognize how you were born and what you, your, your gender, you recognize that. And no matter how much you for the change and you say you feel this, you're always going to feel because I don't think I know any transgender person that doesn't recognize who they were before the change. Yeah. Yeah. So here's so here's the thing, Davey. Remember at the beginning you asked, I wonder why you didn't join the house. <laughs> so the thing is, is that um that in my experience the entire tradition and a lot of the people in it are very binary thinking. Right. And at the time, I was also exposed to the radical fairies. And the radical fairies are Wiccan, witchcraft, but they're also very queer. They're radical. And mm. they believe that by being both or neither or crossing over, that that actually makes you a god. Because now you have the experience of both masculine and feminine, either together or neither, or experiencing both sides, um, however you were born. And so this person was asking, how is non-binary and intersexed individuals handled? I'm not sure about intersex, but in my experience, Non-binary is not seen. It's not heard. If you say they, them, people that speak Spanish don't know how to handle you. They don't know what to say. They're like, you can't be both. You have to be one or the other. And it's partially because of the language. And it's and um, because the Spanish language is very binary anyway. even if you're not talking about gender, if you're just talking about a table, okay? Um, and so it tends to have a gendering to it anyway. And so I, 
intersex people, I'm not sure what happens if someone is intersex. An intersex person is a person that is born both, that their genitalia is born both. Are they forced to choose? Well, when it comes to that, which I haven't met many, um, I met one person only in my entire life in the religion that had both sex. And I was like, oh my God, how did you deal with that? I mean, how are you dealing with this? Right. And she told me that she identifies as a, as a woman. And she tells you her reasons why she, she identifies as female, which, hey, by looking at her, which that's a, I don't like to say things like that by looking or, you know, but by looking at her, I want to say this is what appears also to myself to be a female. It's what my perception of a female. The reason why I say I don't like to say that is because I'm like in between when it comes to identifying people. I don't like to say men are strong, women are not. Uh, yeah. Men have muscles, women don't. I don't, I don't like to do that because that's not true. It's right. not true at all. I've seen, <clears throat> I've seen so much mixture that it's like, it's not even true anymore. I think the only difference right about now between men and women are the genitalia. To tell right. you the truth, because I've even, I've even met men with breasts, you sure. know? So it's like, of course, not the same function, but those are breasts, you know? Right. Right. And but, science has found science has actually found like uh, dozens of sexes. Uh, they found that although your genitalia may appear to be one or the other, your actual DNA could be something else. And also your hormone levels could also indicate that you're trans. So I believe that non-binary people are born this way. Um, and so that was one reason I didn't join. And here's the other one. This person, Reina, saying, what about lineage? Do you have to come from a particular lineage to have a calling for this? I feel, I'm white. Look at my skin. <laughs> I am white. I am white as white is. I'm so white. I'm, you know, like I'm obviously from Europe My or my lineage is from Europe. And I actually felt like I was cultural appropriating. No, not at so all. That's but that's how it felt to me. It didn't. Well, it didn't sit well in here. You were in the wrong place. I want to say maybe <laughs> you really were in the wrong place. I always tell everyone, hey, when you come to Osha Santeria, if you don't like a house for certain things, please don't dis don't be discouraged. There are many other houses, many other priests that come from the same community and the same lineages that will attend to you and, and teach you how this is done. I have plenty of white godchildren. Okay. Yeah, there was there was plenty of white people in, in the house I was in. I have plenty yeah. of them. And they, they oh, mm -hmm. let me tell you something. One of my best students is Caucasian. Mm -hmm. One of my best students is Caucasian. He is, I'm so proud of him. And mm -hmm. his the color of his skin and where he comes from, is never an issue. We never even talk about that because we don't have to talk about that. This is spiritualism. We're talking about, you know, how we can better ourselves through this, you know, this art, this form, you know. Now, when he, 
when some people do discuss, but the ancestry, shouldn't he be doing something of his ancestry? Hey, Really know what our ancestry is. I mean, do you really know everyone that's in your bloodline? Will you ever know every single person that's in your bloodline? You probably won't. You know. So sometimes, you know, we're we're mixed. As you said, Lacrosse said she has Nigerian in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. You you don't know what's gonna pop up in your lineage. Caucasian mm-hmm. got kids that have, like I said, don't like to call it uh, Native American, but indigenous. Right. They have they have that in them. They have, believe it or not, African. No way. There's no African in me. I'm white, Padrino. And I go, hey, this is what your test results say. Take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, you, you wanted the test. You wanted to figure this out. So that's yeah. what they're telling you, that there's a small percentage there that comes from yeah. Africa. You know, yeah. but either way, white, black, Chinese, it doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from. Osha, Santeria, Regla de Ocha, it's for all. Mm. Yep. It's a tradition. It's a way of living. It's not I specific. Think, I think, yeah, I think most houses are like that, Reina, by the way. I think most houses don't care what color you are. No, that they're not supposed to care to care because it's like I said it it comes from the Yoruba but the Yoruba is just one part of Africa but as you grow don't you believe that the belief would spread it spreads it's going to spread to people that may not come from your blood that are not the same color as you and now you're adopting not something that's that, that you have like a birthright to because of color or because of, you know, it started there, but because it's culture, mm-hmm. it's tradition. We say the word of God is coming to you, you know, mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with it. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the beauty. And I think, I think that the Afro-Caribbean will probably eventually figure out what to do with non-binary and sex people they'll probably be forced to um at some yeah. point because there's just so many of us and um i believe it's the evolution of the human race i um, mean we deal that's... with it fine just now uh, we mm-hmm. we deal fine with it just now it's just there's you know you got a tree of apples and not every apple is going to be tasty mm-hmm. okay not every apple is going to be edible on this tree so you're going to find many priests in this religion that are going to say things that you're not gonna like that, but don't think that they're written in stone. Don't think that it's something that everybody believes or practices. So there are think, there are houses out there that you'll find. I think the most interesting thing about Afro-Caribbean is that it really depends on what house you join, you know? Yeah. Um, my ex, I don't know if she actually does, but she probably runs a, you know, a voodoo house or something. And you could probably join her house and, and she wouldn't care if you're intersex or non-binary or whatever. She that wouldn't make any difference to her, right? Um, right. She's lesbian, right? She's a lesbian, so she wouldn't. She probably wouldn't care, um, and she'd probably see it as magical, or or she would probably lift it up and celebrate it. So I think I think you just have to find that's the thing about Afro Caribbean. And as we come to a close today, I want to say that you know if 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 you're really interested in it, if you're really into it, and you get to a house and you're like, I can't, I don't. 
this is not working for me. Just go find another house. I had a friend that she must have she must have been in six different houses mm-hmm. in like five years. <laughs> like, like I just it wasn't yeah. even that one. It was like two or three years, and she was like going from one house in Philadelphia and DC and New Jersey, and I was like, oh my goodness. But that's what she needed to do, you know, to figure her path out. And I think that if that's what you got to do, then that's what you got to do. So uh, if you are interested, please reach out to Lacrosse or or me if you're interested in learning more about Davy's house um, or getting in contact with Davy about you know making contacts like that. And right now, I'm definitely my car. pointing to the right people. Good job, thanks, Davy. There might no be problem. some non-binary people out there that are looking, you know, looking for a house that they can fit in. Um, of course. A lot of us feel very outed. Uh, we feel very uh, weirdos, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, On behalf of the community, you don't have to. You don't have to feel outed because it's not, it's not the way. It's not what we truly practice. It's not. No. No, most of the time, most houses want to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah. So today I'm doing a reading with the Love is Love deck. Um, this is actually a pride deck that uh, celebrates all people. And it is a gender, it is a LGBTQI collaborative deck, meaning that every card is done by a different LGBTQ artist. And so I'm doing a reading today. And today's reading is for everyone watching now and later. So whoever you are watching, If this calls to you or resonates with you, please take exactly what messages I have and take what you like and leave the rest. So this card right here is the past and this is the hermit card. This is all about being isolated and alone, right? We've all had to experience that in the last year. We've all spent some time alone. We've all had to isolate in some way even if you didn't do everything that the government asked you to do, you still probably were a little isolated because your friends did, right? Okay, so just know that that is changing to this, which is one of my favorite cards. You see this beautiful goddess. I would call her a goddess, but actually, she if you look closely, she is wearing a transgender necklace. She is a beautiful goddess of color. And the thing about this card is all about strength. And it's interesting that it is a woman of color because I believe that because of the things that people of color have had to come through, that that has actually made them stronger. And that's what this card is all about. And infinity, see that infinity symbol up there? And this is also one of the strongest creatures in the ocean. And as a result, and of course, the lion is a very strong creature, right? And so this card is all about strength. Know that the isolation that you have experienced, that right now you are stronger than you were last March of 2020. You are stronger now because of the crap we've been through, because of everything that has happened. And let me just say, that as you step into your future, <laughs> you step into the future, this beautiful, uh, I'm pretty sure this is a trans man. <clears throat> this is the King of Wands. And this trans man is so freaking amazing because he is on a journey. 
he is on a journey. It is just that. So know that you are on a journey, that you have maybe come through some major isolation, whether you isolated or your friends did, or the world did while you still did whatever you were going to do. And here's the strength card. You've learned a lot. You are stronger now because of it, because of what you've been through. And as we move forward, embrace your journey. Be in your journey. Be part of your journey. Reflect your journey, whatever that looks like for you. If that means you explore the Afro-Caribbean traditions, well, then please, if you turn a different way like I did, that's okay, too. Everyone is celebrated. We love you just the way you are. You are perfect just the way you are. And you are a reflection of the universe. You are made as a perfect, unique individual by the divine. I assure you that your uniqueness is exactly as it's you're supposed to be. You are perfectly imperfect just the way you are. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul. Thank you, Davey, for coming on the show. Thank Blessing. you for being part of this beautiful, this beautiful manifestation. Thank and thank you, Lacrosse. Thank you, Lacrosse, <laughs> for bringing this and and doing your dream interpretation and bringing great people to the show and being uh, part of this. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, and thank, thank you. you, thank you all. I mean, I just, Davey, it's just so beautiful seeing you again. At least now, thank you. actually seeing, seeing you and talking, yeah. it's just so nice. You'll catch me. I gotta make a trip up there. I gotta make a yeah. trip. Yeah. Well, where are you at now, real quick? I'm in Texas. I uh, thought so. I Texas. thought so. Okay. Yeah, Cooper <laughs> yeah. Texas. Yeah. I'm here. I, I I took the show to Texas. All right. There all you go. All right. There you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Blessings. It means volume. And Hollis, as usual, an amazing reading, and thank you. Thank so. you. Blessings to all. Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the Rainbow Soul. Exactly what messages I have and take what you like and leave the rest. So this card right here is the past and this is the hermit card. This is all about being isolated and alone, right? We've all had to experience that in the last year. We've all spent some time alone. We've all had to isolate in some way, even if you didn't do everything that the government asked you to do, you still probably were a little isolated because your friends did, right? Okay, so just know that that is changing to this, which is one of my favorite cards. You see this beautiful goddess, I would call her a goddess, but actually she, if you look closely, 
she is wearing a transgender necklace. She is Very a beautiful cool. goddess of color. And the thing about this card is all about strength. And it's interesting that it is a woman of color because I believe that because of the things that people of color have had to come through, that that has actually made them stronger. And that's what this card is all about. And infinity, see that infinity symbol up there? And this is also one of the strongest creatures in the ocean. And as a result, and of course the lion is a very strong creature, right? And so this card is all about strength. Know that the isolation that you have experienced, that right now you are stronger than you were last March of 2020. You are stronger now because of the crap we've been through, because of everything that has happened. And let me just say that as you step into your future, <laughs> you step into the future, this beautiful, uh, I'm pretty sure this is a trans man. <clears throat> this is the King of Wands. And this trans man is so freaking amazing because he is on a journey. He is on a journey. It is just that. So know that you are on a journey that you have maybe come through some major isolation, whether you isolated or your friends did, or the world did while you still did whatever you were gonna do. And here's the strength card. You've learned a lot. You are stronger now because of it, because of what you've been through. And as we move forward, embrace your journey, be in your journey, be part of your journey, reflect your journey, whatever that looks like for you. If that means you explore the Afro-Caribbean traditions, well then please, if you turn a different way like I did, that's okay too. Everyone is celebrated. We love you just the way you are. You are perfect just the way you are and you are a reflection of the universe. You are made as a perfect, unique individual by the divine. I assure you that your uniqueness is exactly as it's you're supposed to be. You are perfectly imperfect, just the way you are. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul. Thank you, Davey, for coming on the show. Thank That's you for being part of this beautiful, this beautiful manifestation. Thank and thank you, Lacrosse. Thank you, Lacrosse, <laughs> for bringing this and and doing your dream interpretation and bringing great people to the show and being uh. part of this. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank and thank you. you. Thank you all. I mean, I just, Davey, it's just so beautiful seeing you again. At least now, thank you. actually seeing, seeing you and talking. Yeah. It's just so nice. You'll catch me. I got to make a trip up there. I got to make a yeah. trip. Yeah. Well, where are you at now, real quick? I'm in Texas. I uh, thought so. I Texas. thought so. Okay. Yeah, Cooper's <laughs> yeah. Texas. Yeah. Mm. I'm here. I, I took the show to Texas. All right. There you all go. Right. There you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It means volume. And Hollis, as usual, an amazing reading, and thank you. Thank so. you. Blessings to all. Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him 
to an atheist perspective. Join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics, all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul.